At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, folks? Welcome in. One of your favorite hours of the week. We know it. It is College Football Lines Revealed here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. We've got a lot to get to. It was a, I thought, fantastic weekend of football in the world of college football. A lot of great games, a lot of surprising results. And it leads to a weekend that is coming that, one, has a lot of great games on paper, and two, even added to it, games that weren't really going to mean much at the beginning of the year that mean a lot more now that we have about four or five games under our belt. So let's walk through some of the bigger games on the board. We'll tell you what the look-ahead line was over at DraftKings, where we're at now, and as these numbers start to appear in the market, we'll tell you where they open up and where they start to go from a side and totals perspective. But let's start what I think should be one of the top games of the weekend. TCU on the road against Kansas. Uh, These two programs off to a fantastic start to the season. TCU yesterday beating the tar out of Oklahoma. The Sooners had no answers for what TCU wanted to do through the air or on the ground. And even before the unfortunate injury to Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma down big in that matchup. But overall, TCU in that game, 668 total yards of offense, 361 yards on the ground, 8.8 yards per carry for TCU in that matchup. And on the flip side, Kansas, now undefeated still on the year coming into this matchup against TCU. Both of these teams perfect against the spread as well. 5-0 and for Kansas, 
four and zero for Tech uh, for TCU, Texas Christian, and two of the best offenses in the country in EPA per play. So your look ahead line was TCU as a five and a half point favorite as of right now on the board. TCU holding strong as a four point favorite over at DraftKings. And as these numbers start to appear, we'll see what the market adjustment is as we head into this week. But it'll be pretty fascinating to see if there's going to be anything because for those who don't remember. Kansas was actually a faux sharp bet against uh, this last weekend. Iowa State was getting quite some support there in the market from a lot of respected bettors. They win that game outright 14-11. to So it does seem that the market is maybe starting to shift here on Kansas, but we'll see if there's going to be an adjustment whether or not it is going to happen from a power rating standpoint. From there, let's move on to another SEC matchup. LSU, a frantic comeback against Auburn over the weekend. They end up winning 21-17 to over the Tigers. They have won four straight since the loss to Florida State. They are now 3-2 and on the season against the spread. And you get Tennessee coming off of that win, of course, and failed cover over Florida. News here for them. Remember the news going into that Florida game about a couple of weeks ago was that Cedric Tillman had this ankle injury. He didn't undergo surgery on that ankle. So he's not going to be available to the end of October. Look ahead line here for DraftKings Tennessee as a three-point favorite on the road against LSU. Hedden Hooker, now a live Heisman candidate potentially for Tennessee in the big picture here. And at DraftKings right now, we're looking at four. And these numbers are starting to appear on the board. And it is opening up four with a total of 63 and a half. So these numbers are now up, so we'll start to compare and contrast the DraftKings look-aheads to where we're at market-wide. We opened up with TCU in Kansas to see if there's going to be any real adjustment there, and there is not. TCU opens up here at Circa as a five-point favorite. Total opens up in that game, 64. That's going to be the other aspect of this, whether these two teams can stop the other. Remember, at one point yesterday, the in-game total reached as high in that TCU-Oklahoma game, 95 and a half. So this might be a pretty high-scoring affair. We'll see if that total gets bet up anymore, but that gets bet, uh, that opens up at 64. We move on. The Big 12. Texas taking on Oklahoma. We know it. The Red River rivalry, as we call it. Not the Red River shootout anymore. Uh, but story here is what is going to be the status of one Dylan Gabriel. Of course, he gets uh, hurt in that game, a concussion in the matchup against TCU early. He goes down. One Dylan Gabe, or excuse me, uh, Davis Belleville comes in, or Belleville pit, uh, pit transfer. Uh, comes in to play quarterback for him, would assume he gets to start in Gabriel's place if he cannot go. And the other side of this is Quinn Ewers in Texas. was reported the other day, I think it was either early Saturday or Friday, that Quinn Ewers was targeting this game to come back to for Texas. And while Hendon Hooker has been relatively solid in his role so far, uh, he has been just above average. And if you look at the one game against quality competition that we have for Quinn Quinn Ewers in that first half, before he got knocked out of that game, PFF passing grade of over 90. He was absolutely fantastic in these deep balls against the Alabama Crimson Tide. He does maximize, I think, at least what Texas wants to do. This is the big change in the market from DraftKings' look-ahead line. DraftKings' look-ahead had Oklahoma as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They then flipped, after the injury news and the results of the weekend, to Oklahoma as a three-point underdog. And now this gets reopened. Oklahoma is catching four in this matchup against the Longhorns. Circa opens up at five in favor of the Longhorns with a total of 60 and a half. So obviously a very big swing here from one shop, a look ahead line of Oklahoma minus three and a half to right now on the market Circa opening up as a five point spread in favor of Texas. We'll go from there to the SEC one more time. Arkansas on the road against Mississippi State. Razorbacks potentially proving to be a little overvalued. They've lost the last two games. Failed to cover the last three. Remember, that's Missouri State game that put a little bit of a scare into Arkansas. And the thing with the Razorbacks, defense 
really lacking at this point right now. Went into that game against Alabama, 104th in EPA per play defensively. They gave up runs of 77 and 76 yards, 317 total yards on the ground against the Crimson Tide. A very big issue for Arkansas has been that front seven, and it's, we'll call it, malleability against uh, other running attacks. Mississippi State, though, kind of an unknown, I would argue. Put AM out of its misery on Saturday, but we're talking about a resume that includes wins over Bowling Green, Arizona, and Memphis. I think it's kind of a mixed bag. The power rate where Mississippi State's at at this point right now. Look ahead in this matchup over at DraftKings. We saw an opener last week of Mississippi State minus three at this point right now on the circuit openers. This opens up Mississippi State minus six with a total of 57 and a half. So Razorbacks taking a pretty big blow in terms of their power rating. Mississippi State continues to deliver. Those two things come together, and we see a little bit of an adjustment there up on the number for these two SEC contenders. I won't call them contenders. I, I, I got lost for words there as I was trying to read where I was going next. Uh, we'll go to Washington State on the road against USC coming up next here. Uh, Washington State off to a really strong start here in this early portion of the season. USC finally committing a turnover. We figured that was going to happen at some point. Uh, ultimately, though, no real change from what we saw uh, on the opener yet because we did see a sh- I thought we saw a move it here, but not the case. So this just opened up late. So USC opens up 10 at Circa with a total of 63. This does shift, though, from the DraftKings look ahead. So Washington State due for a little bit of respect after a strong start to the year. The look ahead had USC as a 14-point favorite. So a four-point adjustment off of DraftKings look ahead on the market, but Circa opens up USC as a 10-point favorite here in this Pac-12 matchup. We move on from there to the ACC. Florida State on the road against NC State. This is going to be a pretty interesting dynamic. NC State, of course, uh, coming off of their loss to Clemson, in which the offense yet again looked uh, pretty weak, and Wake Forest took care of business against Florida State. So both teams coming off of a loss into this matchup. We'll see if uh, maybe a little bit of a letdown after NC State let the big one go here against Clemson, a game which I think they were hoping at least was going to put them uh, on the board in their matchup and a national title conversation opener right now I'm looking at the board at this point if you guys have it up yeah NC State opens up as a four-point favorite here no real adjustment we saw this as a a three and a half point spread in favor of NC State on the look ahead so not a massive adjustment then we get to Alabama and Texas A&M kind of I mean before the season started we were all looking forward to this right Uh, We had Jimbo making accusations, uh, or uh, Alabama making accusations at uh, Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Fisher firing back uh, with his own accusations. It did seem like this was going to be great on paper before the year started, but Texas A&M has kind of turned into one of the worst offensive teams in the country, and we have Alabama coming in with potential question marks about Bryce Young, who suffered a shoulder injury in that matchup against Arkansas. However, this is pretty fascinating. Look ahead was Alabama minus 21 over at DraftKings. Circa opens up Alabama as a 20-point favorite, and the immediate line move is in favor of, you guessed it, Alabama. They are up to a 22-and-a-half-point favorite here against Texas A&M, and it is very much worth pointing out. No slight to Bryce Young, but watching what Alabama was able to do on the ground against Arkansas with their backup quarterback, uh, that is going to be something to monitor here because Jalen Milroe looked fantastic at least when it came to his athleticism, that scramble that he had for about 77 yards, four of nine, 65 yards, and a touchdown. You would think the game plan shifts a little bit in terms of what Alabama wants to do, but still looked like a dynamic offense nonetheless against Arkansas. And we'll see if uh, Bryce Young is going to at least miss this game. doesn't sound like it's going to be overly serious. Uh, Nick uh, Saban even said that he's been continuously dealing with shoulder issues, so it does not seem that Bryce Young is going to miss this game at all. 
But it's going to be, of course, very important to see what young status is going to be as we move into that matchup. But by the way, we'll ask Tim Murray. Tim's going to join us coming up in a couple of minutes from now. Uh, we'll ask him if there is a difference or a big point spread difference uh, between Bryce Young and Monroe as we look forward to that matchup between Texas A&M and Alabama. With that, let's take a look really quickly at one more game that I think is pretty fascinating because the perception of one SEC team has taken a blow. Uh, Georgia. Fights tooth and nail with Missouri. They got to come back and win that game. Ultimately, a 26-22 final score there. And a lot of people, I think, a little down on the Georgia Bulldogs because they had a somewhat close game against Kent State. Although, if you actually watch the game, kept Kent State at arm's length pretty much the entire game. Weren't really in danger of losing that like they were last night against Missouri. And they get Auburn, who blows that game to LSU. Brian Harson seems to be on his way out. Uh, we have former Alabama quarterbacks saying that he's already been fired, but that's going to be at the end of the year. So Georgia right now, 28-point favorite against Auburn. Uh, we saw an opener, I think, at uh, circa of 28. So no real adjustment. The total is the one that has moved from 47.5 to 48.5. But just to point out with Georgia, and this is why I wanted to bring up this game, because we see these behemoths and don't really assume much about them. Keep in mind, uh, Adonai Mitchell, Arian Smith, two wide receivers dealing with injury for them. Jalen Carter, their star defensive tackle, left the game against Missouri yesterday as well. So he is dealing with a little bit of an issue that's an ankle injury there. And uh, Mitchell's pretty important for them. He was great against Oregon. So this, or this Georgia team, well, a very good team, has been a little banged up and has been missing some pieces, key pieces at wide receiver and a key piece up the middle defensively. See, you know, monitor injury reports there and see if those guys are going to be available. It does seem they are starting to get a little bit healthier, but they think, just looking at the way these offenses have been executing or lack thereof for Georgia, you want those two wide receivers back and healthy if you're going to achieve some of that explosive that you saw in that win over Oregon at the beginning of the year. All right, when we come back, let's talk to Tim Murray. Get his thoughts on some of these openers. We also have to talk to him about his fighting Irish. We're going to be here in town, a neutral site game against the BYU Cougars. After a week off, what do the fighting Irish have in store for BYU? We'll ask him on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... There's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday... You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Check out our hockey season prep guide available now at Strategies Best Best for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from Andy McNeil, predictions for teams and players, point totals, daily betting tips, and more. It's a must-have. Key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Check it out. Only as being part of a VSIN Pro subscriber today at vsin.com slash subscribe. All right. Let's welcome in Tim Murray, one of the many voices you hear as part of the College Football Betting Podcast. You'll hear this show, if you missed out on it, if you're listening to it now in podcast form, talking to you from the past. Incredible. Uh, but a very great channel that you want to subscribe to. All right, Tim. So, first off, we don't care about last week. We only look ahead yep. here. Uh, we can make reference to it. Of course, it's important that things happen, <laughs> but we want to look ahead. So, let's talk about your fight in Irish, who yeah. have the Shamrock Series, is what it's called, here at Allegiant. They're taking on BYU. I am interested in your thoughts. We saw this open three, total of 51.5. It's been bet up a little bit to 52. I've still got a three on my board. So, mm-hmm. your thoughts coming into this as we get Drew Pine a week to get ready, it looks like, for the Cougars on a neutral site and statistically, from the Cal start to that matchup against North Carolina got much better, but the defense he faced got much worse. Yeah, for sure. And you look at, I mean, North Carolina, uh, I mean, it just puts into perspective how bad Virginia Tech is after what we saw on Saturday as Virginia Tech got smashed by North Carolina. Um, you know, I'd be, I'm very curious to see what the, what the betting market does with this game. Um, I saw just a moment ago it went down to two and a half, but it's back up to three. So, it might kind of bounce in between there. I actually think this is a decent matchup for Notre Dame. Uh, when you look at Notre Dame and what they want to do, which is kind of emphasize the run and and uh, kind of you know flex their muscles. And 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 I'll say this, JVT, about uh, what we saw against North Carolina, which was you know they're going to want to get Michael Mayer involved as much as possible. Uh, they're All American tight end. You know, maybe they can make some, you know, a play here or there. But I think at the end of the day, what Notre Dame's going to want to do, JVT, is utilize their three running backs as much as possible. We saw against North Carolina, all three of them eclipsed 100 total yards. Logan Diggs, uh, Audric Estime, and uh, and Chris Tyree. And uh, you saw a little more comfortable, uh, you know, nature there from uh, from Drew Pine. So I think 
if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and, you know, a week to prepare for this game is is obviously important for the Irish. Uh, yeah, anything under three, I would probably look Notre Dame. Uh, not a game that I'm racing to get involved mm-hmm. in. Um, but, you know, I do find it interesting with all the carnage that happened. You know, I always love when I can get a unranked team uh, laying some points against a ranked team because that's uh, might, you know, rise up some antennas, but it is Notre Dame and they're a publicly bet team anyway. So uh, curious to see what this ultimately does, but I think two and a half, three probably is the, is the right ballpark for this game and a game that's, you know, pretty evenly matched, I would say. All right, let's move on from there. I wanted to go to the big 10, get your thoughts on a certain matchup and really just a team actually, because Mm -hmm. so Michigan takes care of business the way that they should against Iowa, the final score, 27 to 14. Uh, There was a shot that Iowa was going to get in the back door, but Spencer uh, Petrus, Petrus, whatever uh, he uh, throws, a ball on fourth down into the dirt and ultimately they got called for a penalty anyway so would have been a little bit tougher for them and they lose that game my question with Michigan is where you find them in the grand scheme of things they open up 21 they're up to 23 with a total of 56 and a half against Indiana Indiana's got a lot of wide receiver injuries we want to make sure they have DJ Matthews Cam Camper uh, if they're going to be available here but I think more for me when I watch Michigan each of these last few weeks You get by against Maryland, Tim, because they turned the ball over on their opening drive and multiple times after that. Offensively, they are Blake Corum, and that's about it. J.J. McCarthy, I don't think, is an impressive passer. I think he's a better option at this point right now. But when you start to take on some of the better teams in your conference as the schedule evolves, I'm not sure where I'm really putting Michigan here, and I think they're so highly rated because they've been beating up on a relatively soft schedule up to this point. Yeah, we do a ranking each week on uh, on Visa and Primetime, and I've had Michigan number four the entire time, and it's almost by default. Um, I don't think they're really that close to the top three teams, and I forget uh, who you were going after. Was it Joel Klatt, who had Michigan, I think, in his top three? Um, maybe because he just saw them? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they are the fourth best team. Maybe you could argue now with Clemson in the in performance they had la- on Saturday night, which I thought was pretty darn impressive. Yep. I think you could make an argument that Clemson is creeping up. But I've been saying all along, JVT, that it's one, two, three, whatever order you want to say. And I kind of keep moving that around because Georgia struggles yesterday. Alabama looks the part, but now Bryce Young is banged up. Ohio State continues to get healthier, even though Jackson Smith and Jigma didn't play yesterday. Um and I have Michigan at four. So, you know, Indiana's awful. I mean, you know, they, they get blown out by Nebraska yesterday. Um, you know, I have an under four and a half win total on Indiana, which I'm sweating a little bit because they were very fortunate to beat Illinois in Western Kentucky. But I'm very curious, you know, JVT, if this weren't Indiana, I might be looking to fade Michigan yeah. because next week they have Penn State. And I, I always look for those look ahead spots. You know, you peek your head, you know, peek your eye out there. So, you know, this one, just keep an eye on it. You know, see how see how the market plays. If if Indiana was I'm trying to think of a, a, a better team to slip in there, um, you know, if Indiana were Illinois or something like that. I would maybe be looking to fade uh, Michigan a little bit this week because of that showdown the following week against Penn State. Yeah, we'll see. And I think, ultimately, I think you bring up a great point, Tim. I could be wrong about Michigan being the third best team in the country. I think it's closer, like four or five, but only Mm -hmm. because of what you brought up, which is the gap between the top two or three is still going to be there, right? So they could still be in that range, but still be far behind some of these other teams. And so let's bring up Georgia, for example. So 
one of the cases that I was just talking about before we brought you on is, yes, you know, Kent State, they keep him at arm's length the whole way. If anybody thought that they were going to lose to Kent State, you weren't watching the game because they were ahead. They turned the ball over in the red zone a couple of times, but they were comfortably at, you know, away from Kent State in that regard. But they do have to come back against Missouri. And when you look at Georgia, and they're a 28-point favorite here against Auburn, <laughs> Auburn's a mess off the field, a total of 48 and a half. Georgia's actually quietly, Tim, kind of unhealthy. Two wide receivers aren't there. Their star defensive tackle it was on the injury report yesterday and has to leave the game. I think that does contribute to this weird two weeks that we have seen from the Bulldogs. Yeah, and and you know, yesterday was certainly much more uh, worrisome than the Kent yes. State game. I, like like you said, I think you said it perfectly. I, I was never worried about that game. There was a point in time where you could have got uh, Georgia as an underdog. I mean, eventually the books had to get there, uh, and they did. And then you know Georgia's able to 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 pull away at the end and, and beat Missouri. So um, yeah, I'm just when you can go and beat Oregon by 46 points, it, it's still to me you know how good is your good? And you know Georgia's good is is 46 points better than an Oregon team that is pretty, pretty darn solid as a top 15 team in the country right now. And, you know, could threaten uh, to win the PAC 12, which seems to be, you know, a bit up in the air. So I- I'm still not worried about Georgia. Uh, I don't know if I want to lay 28, but I do wonder JVT when you look at an Auburn team who led 17 to nothing uh, on Saturday against LSU and lets that slip away, you know, how much is left for Auburn? This just might be a spot. Yeah, this might be a good spot. You know, if you want, if you're into laying big numbers, <laughs> you say, you know, maybe we're buy low on Georgia. This week won't be easy. There's no look ahead here because Vanderbilt's the following week. This might be a spot, you know, on CBS for Georgia to be like, oh, you doubt us? Okay, we're gonna go out and lay the lumber uh, to a to a rival in Auburn. You know, I'll say this real quickly. Um, you know, Missouri, I, I would look to fade them this week. They got you got Florida. I mean, I, I like to, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, South Florida, who's not a good football team, obviously, they were right there against Florida. They have a bad snap. They they lose that game by three. The following week, they got their doors blown off by Louisville. Uh, they're a 10-point road underdog this week. Missouri is at Florida. You know, early kickoff there for the Gators. Gators are playing right now as we speak against yep. Eastern Washington. So, you know, not really having much of an issue there. Uh, I would look at, I would take a look a little bit at Florida here. You know, Missouri, they thought they were going to beat the number one team in the country. Think about the last two weeks for Missouri, JVT. They should have beat Auburn. They drop a ball yep. running into the end zone. And then they have the number one team on the country in the country on the ropes and they let it away. And now you got to go on the road to Florida. So uh, I would look to fade Missouri this week. All right, let's get you out of here on uh, the biggest Big 12 matchup on the board this weekend. And it's not the Red River rivalry, my friend. It is TCU <laughs> and Kansas. we got 90 seconds. Uh, what, what do you make of this matchup? This is, this is incredible. It's incredible. And uh, I, uh, I tweeted out, haven't gotten a response yet, but what would the odds be, JVT, if I told you that over the summer, with all the A&M and Alabama hype, that college game day would be in Lawrence, Kansas on October 8th. I mean, you could have got like, I don't know what plus odds on that because it, it was, uh, you would have won a lot of money uh, if you had predicted properly that that was going to happen. Look, Kansas, man, it's a great story. And, you know, my partner, Sean King, uh, gave me the, gave me the business uh, over the, over the weekend but they had no business winning that game. They had 28 <laughs> yards in the second half, JVT. Their last four drives, yep. I think they had negative 23 yards. Uh, Matt Campbell's a fraud. Uh, I mean, just a disaster game, you know, dis- uh, going down the stretch there. 
But are you, you know, TCU, unfortunately, I, I'm curious about TCU in this spot because they just obliterated Oklahoma. So, you know, is this a letdown for them? Um, you know, we'll see. I don't know if I'm rate racing to take to take the uh, take the four and a half or lay it. I would have to lean TCU here because uh, I just don't believe in Kansas. Sorry, Jayhawk Nation. It's been a hell of a year, though. Tim, uh, you do a great job on the pod. Listen every single time. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. All right, JBC. Talk to you soon. Tim Murray, again, host of the College Football Betting Podcast. We'll come back here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, folks. It is College Football Lines Revealed. Jonathan Von Tobel. we got a lot to get to here as we look ahead to what is going to happen, of course, in the world of college football. But first, biggest line moves and uh, total moves that we have seen up to this point. This is not going to shock you. We're going to start in the SEC, where, surprisingly enough, Alabama is on the list for biggest moves from a line perspective. A&M opened up as a 20-point underdog. Alabama opened up as a 20-point favorite, we'll say. Uh, now bet up to a 24-point favorite. And uh, I won't give it away because I feel like we'll talk about the total momentarily. But uh, keep that in mind. East Carolina taking on Tulane. We saw the opener here. Tulane a pick pretty much everywhere. Uh, but Tulane now a three-point favorite. When I say pretty much everywhere, we're talking about Circa uh, as of this point. So bet up a full field goal in that matchup. Air Force and Utah State. Utah State looking uh, eh, all right uh, last time out. Pretty pedestrian for the most part, but they covered it against BYU. They opened up as an 11-point underdog at home. This is down to 8.5. So Falcons, uh, the Air Force Falcons, I should say, scuffling in their matchup with Navy, but getting it done. We move on. Western Kentucky taking on UTSA. Uh, UTSA here in this spot, opening up minus 7, down to 4.5. So support for Western Kentucky. North Carolina-Miami, we're going to have more on this a little bit later. I think this is a fascinating game. Last time we saw Miami, of course, they lost to Middle Tennessee. They also benched Tyler Van Dyke, and we'll have some numbers for you later. Van Dyke has not been good. Don't really know. I haven't seen anything, at least, what the quarterback situation is going to be for Miami. But this opens up five in favor of Miami. This is now down to three uh, as uh, Miami is still a favorite, but North Carolina getting some support. Michigan, we spoke of them uh, in the big picture with Tim Murray just a couple of minutes ago. Michigan opens up 21. Now they are up to 23 against Indiana. Hoosiers do have some injury concerns. Wide receivers DJ Matthews, Cam Camper. Uh, we want to make sure that they're going to play if you're going to look to maybe take the underdog there. Florida State and NC State. This is going to be an interesting matchup as well, at least from a side standpoint. This is the last time you're going to see this. Uh, but let's take a look at this. North Carolina State opens up as a five-point favorite. This gets bet down to three here. South Florida, Cincinnati. South Florida opens up as a 25-point underdog. They are now catching 27. And then Buffalo and Bowling Green, side perspective, opens up pick. Buffalo now catching two. Let's move now to the totals. This is going to be pretty interesting, and this is what I thought, right? The initial opener up for the total seemed relatively low for what we've seen for both of these teams. Market agrees. Opens up TCU Kansas 59.5, now gets sped up to 67, so a 7.5-point bump to the over. Purdue and Maryland, this one getting bet down. Purdue in a low-scoring win over Minnesota. Maryland, of course, looking better as the weeks go along, even competitive two weeks ago against Michigan. 68.5 the open, down to 61.5 in that matchup. Maryland taking care of their business against Michigan State on Saturday. Washington State and USC, this opens up 66.5. This gets bet down 6.5 points, down to 60, where that one gets played. Arkansas, Mississippi State, we get a move to the over here. This opens up 57.5, gets bet up immediately to 63. In the Pac-12, Washington, Arizona State, 60.5 at the open. 
gets bet down to 55. Washington, of course, coming off of that Friday night loss to UCLA. Ball State, Central Michigan. This one gets bet down a little bit by five points, 69 and a half from there to 64 and a half where it currently sits. Buffalo Bowling Green, 49 and a half bet up to 54 and a half. Texas A&M and Alabama. This one gets bet up to 47 and a half at the open, relatively low, just considering, I think, what we know from this Alabama offense, uh, if Bryce Young's going to play or the backup. Regardless, 47 and a half up to 52 and a half. Texas, Oklahoma, this gets bet up from 60 and a half to 65 and a half, despite quarterback questions for Oklahoma and maybe some lesser questions for Texas, as it does seem very strong that one Quinn Ewers is going to be out there on the field for the Longhorns. So let's talk about a couple of these games. First off, I want to go back. Well, actually, let's go to the pro tip first. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, really quickly, and this actually ties into that game we were just talking about. I would say as a pro tip, stay away from betting these openers and gains injury uncertainty at key positions, right? Quarterback, Texas and Oklahoma. Not entirely sure what's going to happen there when it comes to either Quinn Ewers' availability. He's been dressing for the last couple of weeks, but has not played. And we'll say this, the reports indicate that he's going to start. I think the official wording on one of those reports with his aiming for this matchup against Oklahoma. Uh, you can miss despite where you're aiming, though. So that's something to keep an eye on. And, of course, Dylan Gabriel down with injury. Don't know his status. Suffered a concussion over the weekend. So that would be my recommendation. But we have seen some moves in the market regardless in that matchup. With that, Let's talk about some of these games. I did want to go to North Carolina-Miami for a, a split second because I wanted to at least kind of expand on some of the numbers with Miami when it comes to their offense and Tyler Van Dyke and how this has looked up to this point because this has been really poor despite some of the results for the Hurricanes. If you look at Van Dyke as a quarterback through these first few games, if you take away, and I'm going to, uh, the Bethune-Cookman start for Tyler Van Dyke, he has been very bad for Miami. A passing grade of 55.7 by PFF standards. If you take away that Bethune-Cookman matchup, one touchdown pass to five turnover-worthy plays in those three games. He has committed a turnover-worthy play rate of 5.8%. That's extremely high, 5.8% of his pass attempts. He commits a turnover-worthy play. It does make sense that you would see the market come in against a Miami team that has looked pretty overvalued in these last three weeks. The Southern Miss game, they struggle immensely in the first half there. They failed to cover. They covered the second half in that game, but they failed to cover the game overall. I need a second half because they only led 10-7 to against Southern Miss. Texas A&M, they do nothing offensively in that matchup, settle for three field goals, and end up losing that game, failing to cover, and then losing outright in that matchup with Middle Tennessee. So what they do, Miami does, from an offensive standpoint, from a game plan standpoint, from quarterbacks, whether it's Tyler Van Dyke or Garcia, this is going to be pretty interesting to see how Miami operates as they move into this game against North Carolina, a team in which, while North Carolina does look abysmal on defense, is very, very much a competent team on offense with May pulling the trigger. So really interested to see what this game is going to be like, but I think the quarterback situation for Miami, even if it is going to be Van Dyke, how much better he can be in this matchup is going to be pretty fascinating. And also, we should know, too, I mean, North Carolina did make an anemic Notre Dame offense look pretty damn good a couple of weeks ago. So maybe this is going to be something where Miami can turn things around. But at least at this point, from what we know, quarterback play has been one of the main issues for Miami as they head into a really big ACC matchup with North Carolina. Some other games to focus on as we kind of look around the board and talk about some of these openers and moves and whatnot and some interesting storylines. Uh, let's go first to... Let me see I had on this uh, one more I wanted to touch on here. Uh, oh, 
Let's go to Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Pretty interesting game. Oklahoma State, I thought it was a relatively like, pretty impressive performance against Baylor, 36-25 win. Obviously, you get that victory there, but they do it, and it's impressive because Spencer Sanders, who had been lighting everything up, didn't look anywhere near the same guy in this matchup, and yet they still get it done. Meanwhile, Texas Tech coming off of a back-and-forth uh, loss to Kansas State. You see the opener in this spot over at Circa, 11 with a total of 68.5. We see a one-point bump. Oklahoma State now laying 10. The real move here is on the total from 68.5 down to 64. But how Oklahoma State responds coming off of a very big win over Baylor is going to be pretty fascinating. And Texas Tech, while very disappointing in terms of their result against Kansas State, has shown to have some competency, especially when it comes to their offensive execution. Really interested to see what this matchup looks like for Oklahoma State, who now in a Big 12 that is absolutely wide open has a Big 12 title uh, in their midst if they continue to take care of business. Speaking of, uh, let's talk really quickly. We talked about Kansas. Uh, Let's talk briefly about the team we just mentioned, Kansas State. Adrian Martinez, for consecutive weeks, has looked really, really solid. And from a passing standpoint, Adrian Martinez leaves a lot to be desired. It has not really been great. But what he has done with his legs and what he's been able to do with this offense for Kansas State has been very impressive. So we see now this opened up pick with this matchup on the road against Iowa State. Iowa State, of course, losing outright 14-11 to Kansas over the weekend. This opens up a pick now up to two in favor of Kansas State with a total of 46 and a half. And to give you an idea, and Adrian Martinez has been a little bit better from a grading standpoint the last few weeks, but still getting it done with his legs against Texas Tech, only 122 yards through the air, 6.1 yards per attempt. Took the, he, His throws that he did make weren't many, but he has looked actually really great over these last two weeks. And there has been a sentiment, if you read analysis or listen to some, where they're kind of waiting for this Adrian Martinez like fall apart, I guess, to happen. Didn't look great against Tulane. But what he has been able to do as a runner these last couple of weeks has been very, very good. To give you an idea, too, 146 yards on the ground against Oklahoma, if you don't remember, and 190 yards uh, on the ground against Texas Tech. So Martinez has done a really great job adding a lot to this offense through his legs. Can he continue to do so here in this matchup on the road against Iowa State as their power rating continues to climb and climb? One more matchup to get to here uh, in the last 90 seconds. How about Illinois? Uh, Illinois is looking every bit as part of a team that is as competent as any in the Big 12, or excuse me, in the Big 10. And again, yesterday, looking the part offensively in a big way, they take down, um, uh, excuse me, they're sorry, I'm losing my screen here. They take down Wisconsin by a score of 34 to 10. Their running game looks really effective. And now you get Iowa, who continues to scuffle on offense. My, I would say 95% of their offensive production coming in garbage time against Michigan over the weekend. So, Again, as you look at increasing power ratings and improving some of these teams, Illinois is one of those squads, but this is going to be great to see if Illinois can take care of business in this role against Iowa. To give you an idea where we were at, no real moves here from a side perspective. Illinois opens three, now three and a half, as you see on the screen there. Total from 38 and a half down to 36. Uh, But a new role here for Illinois as they continue to look more and more impressive, especially coming off of that really good performance on Saturday. So with that, we'll take our break. On the other side, uh, let's get the uh, book's perspective on things. Matt Grill is going to join us, trading manager over at DraftKings, get his thoughts on where these openers were from a look-ahead standpoint, where they're moving, and some altered power ratings on a lot of these teams, including a Horned Frog squad that looks offensively like one of the best teams in the country.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Football season's in full swing, man. Get everything you need before betting this week, the next, the week after that. Our VEASAN Pro sub is for you. With VEASAN Pro, you're going to get full access to everything we do. It includes quite a few things like our daily picks at a glance email, 24-7 video, and more. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks. Everything that includes the NHL guide, which is out, NBA guide, which is on its way, and, of course, college basketball, which I know will be out before the season begins. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. And remember, you can also save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year along. 
All right. Let's continue our talk about college football for next week. We welcome in Matt Grill, trading manager at DraftKings. Get the uh, book's thoughts on everything we are seeing at this point right now. Uh, so, Matt, we got a lot to get to, and there's a lot of moving pieces as well, as there always is on this day. wanted to start with the big boys, and that would be Alabama in this matchup against Texas A&M, a matchup that looked much sexier before the season started, but now we know Texas A&M's a nightmare, and Bryce Young's dealing with a shoulder injury, and yet market support for Alabama right out of the gate here. So how are you guys handling a potential Bryce Young absence, if that is going to be the case, and uh, the drop-off, if there is any at all, between him and their backup who looked very effective against uh, Arkansas, Jalen Milrow. Hey, JVT. Yeah, uh, you know, this game's definitely lost a little bit of luster just with the, with those scenarios that you brought up. Uh, Bryson with the injury, a little bit tough to assess. You know, Saban yesterday said it was just a sprain. We'll kind of wait and see. But, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, he'll probably be out next week, uh, you know, kind of a week-by-week week thing. But, yeah, you're right. The, the backup looked, looked more than competent in that game. Big guy, had some wheels. So, uh, you know, actually the line is higher than we had to look ahead earlier in the week at 21. So interesting tidbit there. Uh, I would assume that it's a little bit more too. Uh, the knocking down of Texas A&M as well, because A&M has not looked very good coming off of a pretty poor performance. It was kind of what we were waiting for uh, with A&M, right? I, I slugged it as earlier in the show, Matt. Um, Mississippi State put Texas A&M out of their misery. We were kind of waiting for this loss to happen for the Aggies. Yeah, it's starting to look more and more like a lost season for the Aggies. And Jimbo, I mean, I, I think I saw he's got the same record through 50 games as Kevin Sumlin had, <laughs> interestingly enough. Yep. All right, let's go to another matchup that does have uh, some, I think, uh, line-moving uh, decisions to be made here. Uh, the Red River rivalry is not what it once was, but we have a one-side Oklahoma who has been downgraded and rightfully should be because their defense was atrocious against TCU, has not looked the part at all, uh, and now – Dylan Gabriel, injury concerns, concussion. So we'll see if he's going to be available. And on the other side, Steve Sarkeesian has been doing this thing with Quinn Ewers where he's been dressing, but he hasn't been available. The report comes out that he's aiming to come back for this game. Sounds like a, a difficult matchup to handle from a, a line-making perspective. How did you guys handle it? Yeah, our look at earlier in the week was Oklahoma minus three and a half. And obviously things have shifted quite a bit with the Dylan Gabriel injury. Yours coming back. So it's now gone all the way around to Texas laying three and a half this game. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma, they were able to just not even be on the field against TCU offense. I think they gave up 450 yards of offense just in the first half. Uh, it was just an absolute drubbing. So Texas, you know, put it on to West Virginia. So and therefore you've got this flipped line basically where it's Three and a half going to be four the other way on Texas. Yep. All right. Let's go now to the best matchup on the board. Uh, and not one any saw coming, as uh, my colleague Tim Murray put it, before the season started, if you were to say the week of the Red River rivalry, that uh, college game day would be in Lawrence uh, for the Kansas and TCU matchup. Not a lot of people would take that bet, but here we are. So what do you, what do you guys make of this matchup? And I, I don't think it's far, very far off from your look-ahead line, right? Correct. Yeah, we had five and a half a couple of days ago, so it's right there. And you know, two bet on teams, two teams that came off, you know, looking good again this weekend. You know, Kansas kind of held, kind of had to hold on. You know, Iowa State with some missed field goals. TCU looked spectacular. So, you know, glad to see game day finally going to to Lawrence and you know checking off one of those few teams that they haven't been to. Should be a great game. Uh, how, how have you guys upgraded? Obviously, Kansas has been upgraded, but TCU was an interesting team. 17 starters coming back. Sonny Dykes taken over. There were pieces here for this to happen. To this degree, you could argue maybe not so much, but for TCU to have a successful season, there were the ingredients. How much, in your mind, has TCU been upgraded here by the DraftKings team? Yeah, we've definitely been upgrading them each week. Uh, I, I think we've probably, it's been about four or five, six points since the start of the season. We were pretty high in them coming into the season, so... Uh, 
Yeah, definitely seen some good things from the Horn Frogs through four or five weeks here. All right, let's go to one game we were just talking about before we brought you on. Miami, North Carolina. Uh, Miami coming off of an off week after an off week in which they got beat up by Middle Tennessee. North Carolina gets to meet them. So first off, your initial line here and what you expect from Miami because they did bench Tyler Van Dyke. And if you read some reports coming out of Miami, their backup Garcia uh, does, I think, have a positive push behind him and some support to potentially be the guy. So where do you guys do with this game and uh, what have you seen in terms of market movement? Yeah, we opened this up four and a half this morning, ticked down just a bit here with the other uh, markets coming out. I think we're down to three and a half at, at the current moment. So, yeah, kind of kind of tough with the Van Dyke there. I, I don't really think he did enough to lose his job, you know, against Middle Tennessee. But here, you know, if Garcia is really showing some things in practice, then it wouldn't be surprised to see him out there. Of course, North Carolina scoring a bunch of points, so could be points of plenty of this game for sure. If the I wouldn't say the unthinkable, but if Jake Garcia, if a report comes out that he's going to play, is there a difference between him and Van Dyke from a from a rating standpoint? Personally, I, I think so. I think yeah. it's still got to be a couple points. You know, again, Van Dyke, he had a good, you know, last half of the season last year. Start the season here, didn't do much against AM. That's that's a tough defense, though. Like I just mentioned, I don't think he really did enough to warrant losing his job this quickly. I'm a bit surprised about this move. Yep. All right, let's go to a couple of other. Uh, there, I think they're pretty big games, but maybe a little bit more off the radar. Uh, first off, this is actually in terms of brand, a pretty big matchup, and it's out here. Notre Dame, BYU, we haven't really seen much since these numbers opened up, uh, but what do you expect and how do you rate this? Because this is a, considered a home game for Notre Dame. They do get a vast share of the tickets, so it's going to be a heavily skewed uh, field in favor of the Fighting Irish, although it's out here in Las Vegas. What do you make of this matchup here between the Cougars and the Irish? Not so sure about that. BYU travels really well to the bowl game out in Las Vegas whenever they make it here, so I expect to see quite a bit of a Cougar representation out there with this line Notre Dame won when we opened it up on Wednesday, and I think there was, I, I just kind of checking on Twitter, but some reaction to it, there was some uh, uh, support for each way, so not really surprised to see this game around 2-2.5 two, two for Notre Dame. It, it definitely should be a, one of the more interesting games, like you mentioned, on Saturday. How about Washington State? This has been, I think, a somewhat surprising team up to this point with the way that they have operated and have been playing very well. Take care of business the way they should, 28-9 against Cal, and now they get USC. And I, this has moved off of your uh, look-ahead from last week. If I remember, USC was about a two-touchdown favorite. Correct, yeah. You know, part of that is just the built-in kind of USC public support that we're always going to have on on that team. You know, you saw it again against Arizona State. So that, that line was probably just couple points too far inflated, but people just can't stop supporting the, the Trojans. And again, of course, going against a team in Arizona State who lost their coach. But yeah, for this week, Washington State's looked really good. He's been putting up some points. It, you know, it could be a tight game. I, I really think USC's in trouble in these games. They don't win the turnover battle. Yep. All right, let's stay in the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA, really interesting, right? So they catch two and a half, three at home on Friday night against Washington. Uh, they, of course, uh, handled that very well against the Huskies. Now they get to play host to Utah are we maybe giving the UCLA Bruins a little bit of respect here? This is a, a, an identical number, essentially, right? Yeah, would not have had it at this number uh, a couple of days ago. Would have had it closer to six or so. Yep. Uh, obviously, UCLA coming off looking good against Washington. You know, a little bit of a deceiving final score, forty to thirty-two. They were up big that game. Really just had to hold on. Utah, their game against Oregon State, they did win and cover quite easily, but the boxer was pretty even. So Oregon State had a lot of chances in the goal line, couldn't convert, was held to field goals. I think they had, I believe, had a pick six there. That was a, a long return. So that game was pretty tight. Utah really didn't show what they've been showing the last couple of weeks there, but I think rightfully so they're going in as a favorite again, three, three and a half Utah here. It'll be interesting to see if people are a, little, a week behind the money or mm -hmm. there's still maybe an in Utah here. All right. And we'll get you out of here on uh, one more. Uh, first off, uh, actually, yeah, we'll get you out of here on this one, Tennessee LSU. 
So Tennessee gets a week off after taking care of Florida. Now they get to play host to LSU. LSU, a touch and go there against Auburn. Big deficit. But then, of course, uh, they come back and win that game. Uh, what has the market been like? And what are the ratings like behind Tennessee? Because they were a really big favorite against Florida. They don't cover that game, but it's not like they did that because they looked inept. Uh, they just couldn't cover a pretty big number offensively. They do look like the real deal here. But I would assume LSU is a team that has been upgraded a little bit here by the betting market overall. You know, I, I still have my worries about Tennessee. Though they just what have they played? They played they played Florida. You know, yeah. Pittsburgh's a, a dead team. A couple other patsy teams. So just I, I got to see it again from them. So I, I think that's why this number isn't that big. LSU they did get out gained by quite a bit, a bit against Auburn, the third stringer. That was a little bit surprising. Came back to win against win against Miss State. They could have three losses. So it, this one's a little bit tough to assess. Matt. And JVT, let me just, let me just bring up one more thing. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen this before, Air Force total last week thirty seven. This week going to be in the mid to high 60s. Doubt if anyone's ever seen that before. Something yep. kind of an interesting little tidbit about the Lions this week compared to last. Hey, I think the last time we talked to you, you With had Army. a... Army. Maybe I said Air Force. I mean Army. Army. You, you, had a, uh, you had a UNLV polo on, I think, right? Rebels uh, 2-0 in conference play. 4-1 now after a comeback win over to Mexico. How you feeling? Bit of a scare this week. Yep. And, you know, now this should be the game that possibly decide the division this week against San Jose State. So I think we've got four and a half up right now San Jose State. They've been pretty impressive. Should be a good game. Another good Friday night game to watch. Matt, good to talk to you as always, man. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, JVT. Yep, you got it. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on College Football Lines Revealed. Uh, we have barely scratched the surface on all these openers and these moves. So, of course, head up Eason.com. You can check out the opener and where the market is at at this point right now uh, for Circa and other shops. And, of course, check out the College Football Betting Podcast. You'll find this in the feed along with all of our other, uh, other episodes, including our episodes with our analysts, Adam Burke, Matt Humans, Tim Murray, and more. So make sure you check out all of the actionable information we have in the world of college football up at the website of vcin.com. We'll see you next week. Live Bet Sunday continues here on vcin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.